Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a uh, another edition of Tuesday Night Live, brought to you by Crowcast. Of course, in the strangest of circumstances, no one could ever have believed that uh, we would be in this position, but here we are. And uh, I think the best thing that we can do as Crows fans, as in a football community, is take a bit of time out and uh, just talk about the footy for a while. And joining me on uh, this special intermission podcast uh, as we break in the season is everyone to do with the podcast. I've got Peter. How are you going, Pete? Hi, mate. How are you all? How are we going? Very good. Uh, Macca, how are you going, mate? Yeah, no, fighting fit and ready to go, mate. Very good. Uh, Nikki, how are you? I'm going very well, although I thought you called it one and done. <laughs> uh, and Donkey, how are you going, mate? Yeah, look, uh, going all well up here. Big fan. Very good, very good. Glad to hear that everyone is well. Hopefully everyone who's tuned in live or listening on demand is also well. Uh, it's terrible circumstances at the moment. Uh, my family's been affected, I'm sure. Everyone's family uh, or circle of friends has been affected in some way. So um, we'll try not to dwell on it too much because uh, we all know what the problems are. But why don't we uh, why don't we start talking about? Uh, let's talk about the Gold Coast game first of all. Let's let's get that out of the way. Gold Coast game. What am I talking about? The Sydney Swans game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And who, so it begins. Who well, I want to have a first crack at it. And yeah, sure. Really, it um, I, to me, it it showed the problems that we thought might be there. Um, and they, it, like, if we look at the two last series games, uh, problems in the middle where we got thrashed twenty to five with clearances, um, and overall sixty to forty five with clearances. Um, to me, I think there, there was a it's definitely a lack of intensity. There's a lack of uh, the way we set up in the middle. I think that's very wrong. And also, we um, uh, I thought we had you know the, the matches at the back with Heaney was a poor one with Kelly, and and I, I think it also showed that Smith's going to have to play in the, in the back line to uh, give us some dash out of the back line because there were some good things. Don't get me wrong. Not everything was bad, but I'm just the things that. I saw there problems. They're going to be problems all year unless something's done about them. And for example, another one I did think, um, and I will be critical. Um, I couldn't believe that Nix was happy with Gibbs's game. I, I was very disappointed with him. And to me, he looked like a, a player who was struggling even at the SANFL level at the moment on, on his performance. I thought he was very, very ordinary. But Nix would seem to be happy with it. And uh, to me. Um, you know, when you've got some very good lads um, who could have played um, and who I thought uh, did uh, very, very well, like, uh, you know, Hamill, I thought, for example, it would have been perfect opportunity. But um, overall, uh, and Robo and uh, Brian surprised because he actually, I thought, got beaten by a person I've always regarded as a hack in, in Naismith, who at least broke even if not beating him. And... Uh, our forward line had moments of functioning in the first quarter and moments in the last quarter, very dysfunctional in between. But that's got a lot to do with delivery coming from the lines up forward. So it, that's my first contribution to it. And let somebody else take over from there. Well, and that was the podcast. Thanks very much, uh, everyone, for listening tonight. <laughs> uh, that was our wrap of the game. <laughs> Bloody hell, Macca. <laughs> uh, Donkey, what do you think? You have 
was just going to say you have a go me for waffling. Yeah. Well, I've got to get you back, Nikki. This is, this is why we push you both to Sunday night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Donk, what do you reckon in uh, 2,000 uh, words or less? Uh, look, um, two things stuck out to me, like the proverbials. One was our skills and execution that we had a bit of a chat about in the uh, virtual stadium uh, chat on the weekend. And the second thing for me was just the intensity. So, there, you know, there was some structure stuff and there was some, you know, there might have been a bit of run that we're missing, but, you know, you can't win too many games of football missing targets 30 metres away um, and spraying kicks off the side of your boot that should be getters. And you can't uh, win games of football when you know they have eighty percent of the ball in that you know in in a period, and you lay ten less tackles on them. So for me, that was the disappointing parts of that. It was the intensity and skill. Um, uh, although uh, the rays of sunshine is you know when we were playing some good footy and moving the ball well and quick, it looked really good. Uh, and you know we were having and we did get some blood into the young guys in Jones, Fogarty, uh, and McCasey. Avis and uh, uh, probably one of them I've forgotten, but um, you know, and that's a good thing too. So you know, um, would have been nice to have the win and be winners for three months, but uh, you know, alas, this is where we are. Um, just before I get your take, Pete, um, for those of us who have joined us on Discord, that's fantastic. Uh, the more people listening in who join us on Discord, the better, because it amalgamates everyone's chat from all the different platforms that we're broadcasting on so get around it if you do come in to discord uh, head to the live show chat channel uh, it's under crowcast live shows don't forget you don't even have to be a discord member or have a discord account you can just go to afl crowcast uh, click on the not live chat um, menu item and then uh, go to the uh, little chat box down there stick a name in and uh, you're good to go so anyway pete what did you reckon so just two things for me. Um, one, I was very, very disappointed with the um, with the selection um, uh, that saw us retain the forward center ruck structure. Uh, neither Frampton or Himmelberg deserved to be selected. And I think that it's a mistake to stick with the structure when you don't have the player to support it. I think that you need to reward players who are in form and build your structure around that. And so I... I thought Crocker in particular was very unlucky not to be selected. Uh, I thought he had a big pre-season, um, and I thought that they would have done better to uh, to accommodate him somewhere. I agree. Um, and to um, to have left out Frampton in 16-minute quarters, there's really no reason that uh, O'Brien couldn't have um, done the bulk of ruck and then got a few other people to chip in. But anyway, that was the first thing for mine. Um, the second thing... Uh, was just how disappointing the midfield was. Um, you know, after um, uh, after really uh, promising form in the pre-season, I thought that you know Brody Smith was putrid. Seven possessions um, just doesn't cut. And um, how he how he remains a fan favourite um, and, and 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 continues to escape scrutiny is um, is a real true to me. But anyway, I thought he was rotten. Um, our set of clearances were diabolical. I think I can't remember what the, it was. Some ridiculous stat <clears throat> about how how we were beaten out of the centre. Twenty to five. Twenty to five. And so I mean, you're just not going to win games of football when you're getting done out of the centre. Twenty to five like that. Yeah. <clears throat> there was a number of occasions where 
Sydney doubled up on goal through quick centre clearances. And so that really was, for me, that was yeah, and you, very difficult to uh, pin too much on the defence when you've got the ball coming in like that, quick out of the centre. So, uh, so that were the two things for me. Yeah, look, I don't disagree with much of that, Peter, to be honest with you. Um, uh, we got absolutely pummeled um, in the centre. Some of that, I think, was to do with uh, O'Brien's uh, ineffectiveness in ruck in general. Um, but a game we run with weird combinations, you know, the two Crouches and Sloan. Um, we lacked intensity in the, at the coal face. Um, you know, we just allowed them first use far too often. Uh, JPK killed us as usual. Um, and uh, I, I felt that uh, even though our forward line at times looked a little bit more potent, uh, it still lacked any sort of cohesion. Um, and I thought our defence battled manfully uh, without being world beaters. There were a couple of notice, notables, though. I thought uh, Lukey Brown got hammered um, by Papley. Uh, and that was key because it actually caused us to have to reshuffle uh, drop Laird back um, and also drop Miller back uh, to combat Heaney, um, and uh, I, th- you know, I think that really messed around with how we intended to run out of defence uh, because we had those guys playing a lot deeper than what we intended to. I believe. I agree with you on Frampton, particularly with the sixteen-minute quarters. It was probably superfluous to have another another tall. Um, I guess you could counter that by the fact that they were looking for a bailout target so that that didn't become Fogarty. Um, but really, uh, it was ineffectual. Um, they didn't make the most of Frampton. I didn't think Frampton made very good position. Um, and I didn't think our entries into forward 50 really did our forwards many favours. The one thing I guess that I would point out is that uh, despite the fact that a couple of our youngsters were a little bit unsighted, like Chase Jones, uh, again, it was our senior players that let us down. And to me... It is indicative of the need to really turn this squad over quickly um, because these senior players are the senior players that we've run with for 10 years and I think we all agree that uh, as good as some of them have been, uh, they are past their prime and we really need to hand the keys over, Peter. You know, Bryce Gibbs getting a run instead of Hamill. We need to hand Mm. those keys over to the young lads. Cop the pain cop the pain, let them get some gains in, let them form their own culture, let them form their own cohesion, you know what I mean? You've got to get that group together. All the good teams that have come up and won flags in the last 10 years have come up as a group and that's what we need to do. Not have one or two new players amongst a bunch of oldies. We need to have a new group, let them learn together, let them build (laughs) together and let them play together so that they get to understand how each other plays. It's such a great point, Fiend, and, and the thing is is that as those of us that follow the sample know is that those guys built that culture life. They really, really did. You know, yeah. guys like Hamill and Scholl, um, all these players, that, that you know, I, I, you know, I can't think of the top of my head, but there's a whole you know, whole range uh, range of them. And they really did. They really built a culture in the in the twos last year, and that's how they got to a brilliant final. And they played a lot of football together. Yeah. And, um, you know. You can see on social media a lot of photos of them, you know, doing stuff together, and you know, there's a, they're tight, very tight. And um, if you, you know, what we're what we're seeing is just their little piecemeal bits and pieces of them coming in. And you're right, it needs to be handed over to those guys. 
Yeah. Look, I, I, go on, mate. I was just going to say, I think, I think we're all basically saying the same thing in that if you look, it's the old story. If you, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. Um, some of those players in there, and look, I thought Christchurch was a classic of, of it, and and Hamill should have been in that spot. That's just my opinion. But um, and I also agree about Franklin didn't earn his spot up forward, and I think you've got to make every. If you're either going to do one of two things, if you if you put senior players in there or players that uh, and, and they have to earn their spot, and as Peter said, a lot of our players really earned their spot last year by they you know they did their service in the twos and uh, that their apprenticeship, and that now if you never ever going to hire him as a senior, well you're never going to go anywhere, and um, and I. We're not talking about winning games because if they, you know, they're going to make errors, etc. But it's um, if you're going to get a premiership down the track, you do have exactly what Feed said. You have to build up a squad that um, comes up together. I mean, it won't be a hundred percent altogether, but the bulk of it will come up together and form that combination that will eventually get you there because uh, they play as a team and they understand it and uh, they understand each other and they work for each other and they love each other. And but, but at the moment. It, very, it was a, I thought it was a very disparate show, actually. You know, we had uh, blokes like Smith uh, not performing, Gibbs not performing, um, and Kerry uh, uh, got his arse thrashed. And, um, yeah, look, we could have had young blokes there and they would have done just as well. And Yeah, so that's I think the key, Mac, isn't it? Correct. That's the key, Mac, isn't it? And, Pete, just watch your headset there, mate, a little bit. Um, and apologies to people listening uh the network is, uh, and I don't think it's me, I think it's just the general bandwidth that people are smashing at the moment. Peter, I think your headset might be scratching against something. Um, yes, sorry, I'm just um, I'm, I'm trying to get a, pick up a little bit of the Prime Minister's speech. He's, I think he's about to uh, put us all away. So you know. Yeah, I think so too. Keep um, going. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, shit, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> About the group coming up together, etc. Oh yeah, like if you look at um, uh, teams like Richmond and and you know a couple of years ago the Western Bulldogs, but look at Richmond, they've got a core group of really good players, and the senior players that um, were left over from their previous core squad, they've had to adapt. You look at the way Jack Revolt plays now compared to how Jack Revolt played back back five six years ago. He's a completely different player. He's embraced the team culture, whereas previously he was very, I think, you know, very focused on his own performance and thought that he had to carry the load. Now he values being able to bring other players into the into the game and, you know, playing up the ground and playing a, a more versatile role. And, you know, and I, you know, it's one thing that I think uh, our squad lacks is the ability to play different roles. You're not going to see Matt Crouch play anything other than in and under. You're not going to see Tex Walker play anything other than lead up forward. You know, the, these guys are died in the wall in terms of what they bring, and we've seen what they bring, and it's not enough, unfortunately. So these older guys, they either have to adapt to a new game plan and a new group and some new roles, or they need to give way to the younger lads who are champing at the bit. Anyway, um, look, for all that said and done, we had an opportunity to win it with a couple of minutes to go. Uh, we were in it for large portions of the game. 
Sydney, I think if we'd played a few more seasons, I don't think their form would have held up very well. I don't think they necessarily played a great style of football. I think they were just more effective in key areas, their midfield and, and uh, their conversion up forward. Um, but, you know, again, five years ago, do you reckon Tex would have nailed that goal nine times out of ten? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, but, I mean, yes, but the, I don't. I do agree with the code. You can't blame Tex because... Um, if the rest of the team had played better all game, we wouldn't have been in that situation. Doesn't matter. And, uh, Doesn't it, matter, Maka. You take the opportunities when they present themselves. Uh, and that, that, that line about, you know, oh, yeah, no, what about all the other stuff? So, well, that's all fair enough. But at the end of the game, Tex had an opportunity from his pet range to kick the ball through the middle on his home ground where he would have kicked a 1,000 goals in practice and whatever, and he never even looked correct. like it. Well, he didn't hit it sweet, unfortunately. It was a little bit off the side of the boot, and that's where it went. And you're right. There's no, I, it, I'm, I'm not making an excuse for him. Like, yeah, he would have normally kicked it. I, I understand that. But I, I don't think the result really matters that much because I think what we show, whether we won or whether we lost, we what we saw is not really what we want for the long-term future. No. No, and let's put it in perspective. It was game one of uh, the Knicks era. Uh, we are in a transition. Um, you know, a uh, long way to go, long way to go. I think uh, w- what we saw and what we've seen in the preseason exposes us for a bit of lack of class. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's how I feel. A bit of 100%. class in the middle and 100%. probably a classy forward. I think we're quite well served down back. I think, you know, with Duday and um, uh, Hamill coming through and Butts and a couple of others and, and McCasey or McCasey looked all right. McCasey. Yeah. Um, you know, I think down back we're actually looking okay, which is odd considering a couple of years ago we were probably a bit worried about our defence. Um, but uh, up forward we lack a classy marking forward. Um, and uh, in the midfield we just we miss some silk, don't we? Well, it was exactly what we discussed in the river that what was going to happen with Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, and it happened. Yeah, are are you sitting in the toilet? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you're miles away. I think she is. (laughs) Hang on, I'll turn it up. Because if you're sitting in the toilet, I want I want a toilet paper report. Basically, because <laughs> things are a bit grim at my place. <laughs> I've got a new headset. Is that louder? Yes, that's not bad. That's not, and you're right, yeah, Nick. We did talk. We did talk about it at the rev up. Go on, Don. I was going to say that's why we're only eating cheeseburgers from Macca's at our house because they come in a wrap and you can use it. You can use it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> Go flush it though. And and it's hard to tell the before and after, isn't it, Dunk? <laughs> Big Don. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be right. <laughs> so, um, look, that's really all that we can say about the game, and and I guess we should move on to the bigger issue, which is what's happening uh, with the AFL in general. And of course, uh, not long, well, before the end of the first round, Gill announced that uh, that was uh, that was stumps on day one, and uh, optimistically said that we were postponed until the end of May. Uh, no chance, no chance in hell. Um, that we're back in June, I wouldn't have thought, not unless the government changed their strategy pretty quick. 
Um, and it leaves a lot of people in the football industry out of work. We heard that um, I think it's 80% have been stood down. Yeah, it'd be 80 to 90% of the people would yeah. be out of work. Um, you know, uh, the players have taken a 50% pay cut. Uh, I read where Chris Scott has actually foregone his salary this year. Um, 100%. Yeah, you'd imagine that Gil and the executive would, would do likewise. Um, and uh, even with all that sacrifice, um, we're still not we're still not safe in having a, a competition at the end of all of this. Well, when you think about it, I mean, we're talking about massive, massive amounts of money, massive amounts of money. And uh, that, and I have no doubt that's why they wanted to get one game underway. Um, I read somewhere that, that if they didn't ha- actually have one game, they didn't have a season and therefore their insurance policies were invalid. Yeah, and, uh, that's. I thought. I wondered whether there was some sort of contractual thing, Mac, either with the media yeah, rights or something like that. By having the one game, they've invoked the, the, the fact that their insurance policies, whatever they may be, do come into play uh, because they, have, they are having a season. But in terms of, uh, it was always a forlorn hope. It was only ever going to be the one game, and, uh, and I, I think Gill's been sent with your fingers crossed just to get that one game in. Um, coming back to what you said, though, about uh, will they resume on the beginning of July? Very unlikely. You do have to think very unlikely. Um, I would think that I don't know what the Prime Minister is actually announcing at the moment, but you'd have if it's not a total lockdown now, it's going to be a total lockdown within a few days anyhow. And um, those lockdowns, well, well, we have let it get out of control too quickly. We haven't done the right, haven't done all the right things properly, and we've been slow to react. And it's going to be probably take a bit longer than it should. Yeah. What's your take, Peter? He's watching Skomo, I, I think. Donk, yeah, what do you reckon? Did you say donkey? Yes, I did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just a bit, uh, a bit, uh, the ambience under a bit of duress here at this house. I think we're doing three different Netflix at once. So that's, um, uh-huh, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, look, it, it, I'm kind of happy they got in a game. I'm happy we got to watch a little bit of footy and just uh, have a little bit of normalcy. Um, I, and I was hoping we'd maybe get two or three just just because it's going to feel very unnormal the next few weeks um, and it's going to get really yucky. Um, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs this week. Um, yep. you know, we've seen queues out the front at Centrelink that are miles long. Anyone Tragic. in hospital? Anyone, uh, yeah, um, you know, anyone in hospitality was basically just put off overnight, um, you know, without too much warning, really. And uh, uh, and there's so many. And then you look at, uh, you know, uh, absolute Alan Joyce, who you know uh, is trying to airplane monopoly in Australia while we're all going through this and taking big government bailouts and then standing down all his staff. So it's just. Uh, it's one of those ones where it is a lot bigger and footy and footy's hurting and going to do it tough too. Um, I uh, just the projections and things that I've been reading, you know, within the next three weeks, probably around, you know, the, the weekend of the 17th of April, it's going to be really yucky here. And if our hospitals get overwhelmed, it's going to be around. Um, uh, yeah, they say with this virus, it spreads at one person can spread to three people. Um, we'll spread to three people a day. So if you 
track that over 10, 10 folds. That's 59,000 people I um, pick up from a video today. So it's just one of these ones that spreads really, really quickly. Um, whereas the flu only spreads at 1.4. So after 10 days or 10 folds of that, it's only 14 people. So that's the, that's the difference of what we're dealing with here. Um, and that's why it is creeping and changing by the hour. And there's people that have known it was coming, but no one's really had any idea of what you do. Like, how do you shut down a country, you know? And, um, and that's what we're all dealing with right now. Yeah, but it does have to be done. Because, you know, otherwise, um, if, if you don't, I think you do have to take the drastic step of total lockdown. And, and it's tragic what happened to, with people's livelihoods and that. And I, I am pleased the government is talking about uh, financial bailouts for these people because it's, it's not their fault. They're just victims like everybody else. But uh, because there are so many irresponsible people who don't observe all the rules about, um, you know, the social distancing and uh, making sure that they, uh, if they've got coughs or colds or there could be actually symptoms, uh, they, and a lot of them have done nothing about it because they're youngish and it doesn't really bother them, and then they pass it on to many others. So that's why it ends up having to have a lockdown, not so much, bit, well, the thing is a, a very vigorous type of thing, but it's aided no. by the people who just won't do the right thing, no. Bondi Beach, for example. No, that's a, that's a load of bullshit, Macca. That's a load of bullshit. I agree that social people not socialising certainly... That's uh, not social isolating, certainly contributes to the problem. But the simple fact is, and I tweeted this a while back, we live on a fucking island and we saw this coming. We had weeks to prepare and all we had to do was shut the borders and test everyone that came in and isolate those that had the virus and this wouldn't be happening. They... Absolutely, oh, yeah, I've agreed with you privately about shat that. The, I totally agree. Shut the bed, and yes, people need to socially isolate now and all the rest of it. But what the message that you've sent for the previous three or four weeks is: it's okay, we got this. And then all of a sudden, you're saying we've got to socially isolate. Oh, except that we'll keep shopping centres open, and we'll keep we'll keep you know cafes open for a little bit, and we'll keep hairdressers okay, but you can't go to the gym. You know, the messaging is not urgent enough. And, and most, imp- most importantly, <clears throat> as someone who um, is um, the partner of a teacher and I have two children, the continuing decision to keep schools open is just an absolute disgrace. And I'll tell you what, wouldn't have thought that I'd said this. I stuck with him through the bushfires, but that's it. I am now, I am done. There's no way in the world I would ever vote for this clown again. That's it. Totally done. Keeping the schools open when you're shutting everything else down and allowing teachers to cop that risk is just, they're just babysitters. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. They're just being used it's as babysitters. Used as, used as porn babysitters. I mean, yeah, he literally well, came out and said it, Pete. There's, there's no, there's he literally no came out and whatsoever. said it. He came out and said it. He said, you know, if, if we shut the schools, then the grandparents are going to have to look after the kids. In other words, we're keeping yeah, the schools the open so the teachers can look after the kids. Yeah, and Every other country in the world's closing their schools. Yeah, and the yeah, fact this is... Num, this numb skull is keeping them open. And again, mixed messages. Oh, the kids, uh, you know, they only get mild symptoms, blah, blah, blah. But they still get yeah, the damn virus. Yeah. So they still carry the damn virus. 
I, I made the oh, personal by the way, decision. If you, keep them, if you keep them home, if you keep yeah. them home, don't let them out the shopping centre because they might infect. How ridiculous was that? Yeah, they're going to be wandering the streets. These kids. You know, my lad stayed home from Monday. He's twelve years old, and without even asking, he's he's got hold of his teacher, got some work, and sat there doing work. I mean, these these politicians—they're just so out of touch. They're so out of touch. My, yeah. uh, and, you know, my my spends half a day now. Mm. Teacher fucking wiping down desks. Yeah, that's she right. She wipes down desks and chairs and keyboards. That's what her job is now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, I totally agree with what you said at the beginning, and because everything it's an imported virus uh, because we yeah, allow people to come into it. So I, I'm totally agreeing with and everything you said there. What I'm saying is, now that we've got to this situation that they have effed it up at the beginning, and the, and we've got uh, running rampant uh, and peace. Uh, piped up about the schools, it, they, they just have to go total lockdown, total lockdown, just shut it down. And otherwise it, it'll just keep going and going and getting worse and worse. Well, we've got two options. We either we either lock it down like China did and ride it out for two, maybe three months and then yep. eradicate it, which is the plan that China did and successfully it looks like. Or you do the flatten the curve strategy and we're cooked for six months. And basically they've got about five minutes left to decide if they want to go down the eradication path. And I don't know anyone personally that wouldn't be in favour of a couple of months of hard lockdown over six to 12 months of economic pain. Yeah, and and, and more hope. infections and more deaths just spread over a longer period. Yep, yep, yep. Just talking, come bring it back to a football sense, though. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, that's right, footy. <laughs> uh, you know, do you think that, well, and I think it does depend on which strategy they adopt, whether we will actually have football again this year or not. But the, the AFL are virtually talking about they are open to playing games until December, and the players are agreeing. And um, let's say we did go down on extreme lockdown and it, it lasted, say, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Um, and then it seemed that life is gradually coming back to normal. Um, do you think that we will get in a full, well, the full season being the 17 games I'm talking about now, um, or do you think that this is a pipe dream? What's your thoughts? Pipe dream. Yeah, I think the the biggest indicator for me is that part of uh, Scotty from Marketing's uh, stimulus plan is, is forward uh, paying... You know, like flagging payments in June, July. So they, unless they have a massive change in strategy, they're already they're already planning ahead. They're already planning for pain in June, July. So well, that's a very good point when you look at it that way. You know, if if they were looking for a big, hard, quick lockdown, they wouldn't they wouldn't be talking about June, July. They'd be talking about April, May. I still think they're going to have to change their strategy and, and go down that path because that's where all other countries are doing. China did it and they've done it successfully. They had, they've had five successive days of uh, zero new cases, and well, that's what they say. Uh, all the other, uh, many, many other countries are in total lockdown now, and, uh, and I think we'll eventually have to do that. But having said that, let's just say, for example, we did come out the other side in August. Um, do you think then that uh, they will go and have a, a season of some sort and from there from August till December? Well, I'm sure they'll try, uh, but 
I just don't see they're just there's just so many layers to this matter. I mean, the financial implications <clears throat> with them having to um, go into massive debt just to get themselves to keep themselves operational, um, and um, how they then um, spend those borrowed funds, I guess, in trying to get something together. I guess they immediately start generating income from TV. Um, but, you know, what, what level of engagement is it going to be? I, I don't know. There's a whole lot of questions, isn't there? I would say, though, that uh, I supported Lee Matthews' statements today, comments today in relation to the players, who I think are the ones that are really coming off very badly in all of this. And Jack Rewalt's little tantrum on 360, um, trying to let everybody know how wonderful they actually are because they played in the bushfire game. Um, you know, I, their attitude and the way that they're now, you know, in, you know, when there are people around their clubs losing their jobs um, and um, being stood down left, right and centre, and yet still they hang on and they still they're bartering. Um, Gil wants them to take basically 80% cut until um i think it's june and they're they're stuck on 50 percent um you know it's pretty disgraceful i I think and some of the stuff from that some of the other players like you know so isaac smith saying that some of the players live from pay to pay and all this kind of stuff and it's really (laughs) it's unsightly it's unseemly it's i think that they've really damaged their own reputations well, um, you know, I, I understand what the AFL are trying to do. That they are, in, you know, basically the TV rights, which is worth about between four hundred and five hundred million, um, and every game that they can get onto the TV station is uh, minimises that loss. Um, in the meantime, of course, we've got the clubs um, uh, are going to lose their backside individually. Uh, uh, Adelaide were talking about it'll probably affect their bottom line by eight to ten million, um, and, and they're a club that are, that are profitable. And then you've got a situation where you, uh, they where, uh, somebody was talking about and releasing the fact that there were the six that are on the drip feed, uh, including Port Adelaide from the AFL, and uh, their other losses are going to be even bigger again. And the AFL are going to help fund these losses to some degree, by borrowing, uh, want to get the federal government to go as their uh, guarantor so they can borrow from the banks against Marvel Stadium to make sure they can keep their competition afloat. But are they going to pull good money after bad, like keeping the Gold Coast going, etc. after this particular... Say there's no games played this year. Why would you keep Gold Coast going? Why would you keep North Melbourne going? Why would you keep St Kilda going? Exactly. Exactly. This is actually brought me time for a bit of nice old economic rationalisation on the competition, to be honest, because it's just uh, it's just got a bit. Sick. And the other thing too is the world's not going to turn on as fast as it turned off. No, it's That's going to exactly be a slow right. comeback. So it'll be a slow think? comeback, and it'll be a very slow comeback. I, I, I agree. I just think that these, that the players in particular, they've surfed, they've really surfed, you know, the good times, and we all know who they are. Um, they've made an, a huge amount of money, and you know I, I'm not going to. Uh, it's difficult to draw too many comparison, comparisons when you have got um, NBA uh, players on. You know, I mean, really, really seriously, huge numbers, ridic- yeah. ridiculous, huge salaries, right? You know, but where, 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 where has there been 
anything at all, any care whatsoever shown by those players to those people who run their clubs. That's right. There's been nothing. There's been not a single word. Good you've point. got M- you've got NBA players now, admittedly, we, you know, I, I acknowledge they're on higher salaries, but they're picking up the tap of people in the front office. You know that they pick up you know, a lot of those NBA players. They're picking up the tap. They're, pick, they're making sure that even the guys that sell the popcorn are getting paid, um, and they're paying them out of their own salaries. And so, you know, no, no one's suggesting that um, you know a, a single AFL player is going to be able to, but you know, has a has a team banded together? Has a team done anything like what Chris Scott did today? Um, and, so, and and said that he'll just he just won't he'll just keep going and not draw a salary. Oh, that's a magnificent you know. gesture. He's obviously done okay out of he, he would have done incredibly well out of coaching Geelong for ten years or however long it's been, and um, and he's quite happy to put in the hard yards and say you know what I'll coach for nothing. Yeah, what, the play, what, what have the players done? They've done absolutely nothing except whinge and bitch about you know how much they're not going to get paid and still and still haggle about the percentage that they're going to get. I mean, they just make me sick, to be honest. And do you think, Pete, that the, you know, once, let's say, for example, there's no game to play this year, that's going to really virtually bankrupt the AFL. Are going to, uh, do you think that they should then continue to try and fund uh, clubs like the Gold Coast, Melbourne, St Kilda? Oh, well, it's an interesting thought, Macker, and I'd be interested to see. Fiend, your thoughts on this as well is, is you know, how you see that. Um, that playing out, I think there's a, a really a good opportunity for it to be, a competition to be rationalised and, and, and restructured. I they won't want to do that, of course, particularly they won't want to go to less teams because they'll see that as being less money uh, and they'll need every cent that they can get to pay back their loans. But um, I don't know. Um, it would be a good that, opportunity. There's a way around that, of course, Pete. Though. Let's say, for example, you knock out four teams and you go from 18 to 14. You play. You have a minor round of twenty six games, so you can actually keep your TV dollars up by having the twenty six weeks of a minor round. And uh, to me, you therefore you you're not pouring money down the drain. I mean, every dollar they go to give towards the Gold Coast is just going down the toilet. It's just going down the toilet. Uh, North Melbourne is a hopeless case. But the, um, even Port Adelaide, they're subsidising Port Adelaide as well. Um, so you know, the ones that are really bad, I think they've just got to go. I've just put up a uh, a really good quote that uh, I think it was Nicky put in uh, put in Discord. It was you, wasn't it, Nick? Uh, yeah. A guy saying, "I'm in love with a Spanish biologist who was pressed by media about why it was taking her so long to find a cure for coronavirus." She responded, "You give athletes a million euro a month salary and biologists eighteen hundred euro a month. Go ask Cristiano, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to find a cure." <laughs> and therein lies a bit of the rub, isn't it? We pay these athletes obscene amount of money, and and yet, uh, you know, no one's life is hanging on whether they kick a goal or point, and yet <coughs> they act so entitled when it comes to uh, their own salaries in the grand scheme of things. Look, in terms of competition rationalisation, I wouldn't mind betting that we might actually see a, a two-tiered system on the back of all this. I reckon we might actually end up with a... I don't think they are going to want to kill off a club. I think that would be a look that the VFL slash AFL couldn't stand, couldn't cop it. Um, But I think what they might do is rationalise the competition and have, say, a 10 or 12 team uh, Premier League, for whatever term, for want of a better term, 
and I think they might either push the other teams back to the VFL or they might have a second tier, like a, a second division, um, and and uh, run the remaining teams on a bit more of a shoestring. I don't think they'll kill off a club, but I do. Th- I wouldn't mind betting just for pure economics. They just won't be able to afford to run an 18-team competition, so that'll force some clubs out of the competition. Yeah, that's why. That's exactly the way I see it. And and it would be madness to to go back to uh, the formula that they had, which was running at rampant, out of control, and uh, demanding bigger and bigger dollars. Um, they, you know, the, for example, um, the uh, soft cap issue. Uh, I think the it's up to about nine or ten. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but talking about dropping it back down to six k, which means again a lot of poor people that are. Uh, who've lost their jobs, they're not going to get their jobs back. You know, at least 40% of them aren't. And um, although I think the the, uh, the creature has become too bloated. In, in other words, instead of uh, being a football club with a coach and uh, a couple of development people, et cetera, et cetera, it, there's a man to do this and a man to do that and a man to do that or a woman to do this or that. And there's too many of them and they just actually... Uh, get into more and more detail looking for that little bit of edge well you know just recruit the right players train them properly and play properly i, I think and, that's a know, good like point do, Macca. do it on less money good do it point. on less money uh, i heard someone else uh, on sen or maybe on one of the footy shows talking about the fact that a lot of the uh, operational side of football is going to go back to semi-professional you're not going to have a full-time doctor anymore. You're going to have a doctor that that consults to the club. You know, you're not going to have full-time physios. You're going to have physios that consult to the club, because apart from anything else, these medical people now are out of work because um, they're they're employed by the club. So I don't think I don't think you're going to have the same level of full-time staff. You're going to have a lot more consulting to the club, um, and. Uh, you know, the club, even a massive club like Adelaide or West Coast or Collingwood or whatever, you, all that revenue down the toilet, and even though your operating costs are probably uh, slashed, you know, by three quarters, that's still, you've still got to keep the club going. So, um, you, do. you know, and it's the same with the AFL. They've still got to keep the AFL going. Um, who knows what's going to happen with the media rights, whether they're going to be able to nut out some sort of compensation deal with Channel 7 because obviously they're not going to meet their require their contractual obligations for the year. Um, and and sure as eggs, someone's going to have to pay for that in the cold, hard light of day. Fox and, and 7 aren't going to just cop that one on the chin, I don't think. And whether that be in compensation or whether that be in terms of the next pay deal, uh, the meteorites deal, who knows? But it's money that the AFL are not going to have. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens going forward. You're quite right, Pauline, because either they're going to have to pay it back this year or it'll come off of next year. So one way or other, they're not going to have the money. And the other interesting thing too is um, contracts for players. Does that mean that, you know, even given the fact that um, the clubs haven't gotten as much money, are they, you know, for example, um, players on a million bucks a year, are they still going to get the million bucks a year next year? I don't know, but just for everyone listening, Pete's going to be in there in a minute. Um. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I've got, um, you can drop out, mate, if you like. I'm about. I am. I've got high anxiety in this house at the moment because, as I said, we've got two kids at school and a teacher in the house. So uh, yeah, um, no, that's yeah, cool. I'm, I'm being called away. 
Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, all the best to the family down, Pete. Cheers. Well, bro. Catch you later, then, Pete. See you guys. Um, just on the the kind of the the money angle in terms of the TV rights, etc. It's really interesting what's actually happening with supercar drivers. Is that um, they're actually going to run an esports? They've already started. Homes actually have. Yeah, they've already started, but it's they're actually going to run a competition and. Uh, like a championship yep, and with all those professional drivers and it's going to be on KO and Foxtel. So yep. they're actually finding other ways around it. Well, you can go on a YouTube at the moment and see uh, Max Verstappen and uh, Lana Norris and a few others driving in the uh, E-Series uh, yep. using the iRacing uh, car simulation game and some of their setups for car simulators are fantastic. But it's a really good point, Nick, because you allow me to segue onto something that I've been thinking about doing and, damn it, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) So in a couple of weeks, AFL Evolution 2 is released. I think it's April 14 or 17 or something like that. And by all reports, it's actually not too bad. So at Crowcast, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to start up an AFL Evolution competition, whether we challenge other... Whether we challenge other podcasts, whether we just throw it open to our listener base to form their own team and we have a competition within the Crowcast community, uh, it'll be live-streamed, uh, we'll have Discord going, all the rest of it, for no other reason than it gives it a, a, an opportunity to share in our passion of football uh, and make ourselves look stupid because we're actually really bad gamers. <laughs> Are we good at that? I'm really good at that. So uh, look, keep, out for, keep an eye out for that. And uh, we'll, uh, we're will we going to keep going every Tuesday night anyway. But keep an eye for, out for that once uh, once AFL Evolution uh, is released. Uh, I think it's going to be about 100 bucks, so it's a massive rip-off, but that's okay. We've got nothing else to do. And um, How would you uh, how would you take another another podcast, mate? Well, we'll just get in touch with them and say, buy a copy of AFL Evolution and get a team up and we'll, and we'll, we'll play you online. <laughs> okay. So it's it's easy. These are the uh, us young whippersnappers, Macca. Just leave it to us, mate. But uh, yeah, we'll get something going anyway, and uh, it'll be good fun. It'll be live streamed. We'll have uh, uh, lots of banter and shit talk flying around, and it'll give us a bit of an escape from what's sure to be a bit of a bleak couple of months. Well, yeah, it's going to be a very very empty couple of months because all we're going to hear is bad news in this period of time. That's all we're going to get. Yeah, you know. It, and, that's, and I, I think that's the thing is that, you know, to all the listeners out there, um, we're, we're going to go through hard times, we're going to go through rough times, and uh, we're going to go through isolated times. But the thing is, you've got to watch your mental health as well. So, look, don't let it get to you. Uh, I, I sit in every category that I could get this virus and get the car. I've got age, I've got heart, I've got lungs, I've got uh, immune system, the cancer system. Don't give a shit. It's not going to get me. You've got to think that way, folks, and you've just got to, uh, keep your spirits up and don't become negative about the whole thing. Hello? Have I gone into an island or something? I'm waiting <laughs> for someone else to talk. I was, I was being a good girl, being quiet, because I've just read something from Scott Morrison that's made me quite angry, so right. I'm just like... Mm. Well, look, folks, we might just leave it there for now. Um What's going to happen with the Crowcast uh, going forward is that we're going to continue to go on Tuesday night um, for no other re- 
no other reason that we are a little bit of a community and um a lot of us are going to be doing it tough over the next uh, few months and uh even if there's no footy to talk about um and even if afl evolution turns out to be shit and we give it up after a week um <laughs> you know i think i think any community uh needs to pull together when things are a bit difficult and i think the crowcast community is no different um I'm undertaking, I will have Discord open 24-7. You can log in uh, through Discord uh, and there's a a link on our Twitter profile. Uh, I'll put a link on our website and also on our Facebook page. You can, anytime you're struggling, uh, we've got uh, Crow's Crow's Chat 24-7. Anytime you're struggling, um, just hop on there and say g'day. Unless I'm asleep, I'll be around. And uh, I'm sure at various stages, uh, other Crowcasters will be around. So use it as a bit of a community port, if you like. And, uh, you know, let's look after each other for the next couple of months because it's going to be pretty dodgy. Yep. But we'll come out. uh, We will come out of it. We'll come out the other end. And uh, and you just have to believe that because we will. Yep. Yeah, Agreed. Take take care of each other. Take care of your loved ones. Check in on your neighbours. Um, and just even if you get together like a phone tree or things like that, just do things to help each other out. Yeah. yeah look at what we've done in our family. We, we've uh, we've created uh, on Messenger a family uh, chat group because um, we won't, we've made a pact that we won't be seeing each other. So we don't want to give it anybody if, just in case one of us has got it. And, you know, we've got a quite a large family with kids and grandkids and all the rest of it. So we've got a family ch- chatting um, a messenger and it's it's going nonstop all the bloody time. And it's good. I've actually been speaking to them more than I ever did. So uh, look, uh, I bet you they enjoy yeah. that, Maka. Um, no, no. <laughs> well, I, I, mate, I'm the least contributor. I'm the least contributor. Okay. All right. I save all my all my golden thoughts to myself. Um, no, they, you know, everybody's having a good time. They're putting up jokes and laughing and yep. all the local gossip, what's going on in their lives, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, I know more about them now than I did before. So you know, don't go visiting just in case. You know, just no contact. Just but make sure you keep in touch with everybody, and that way, you know, uh, you you feel better. They'll feel better, and so don't go into a deserted island. Just keep communicating, you know, via online. Very true, Mac. All the very best to you uh, over the next few days. We'll obviously see you next Tuesday, assuming that uh, you're uh, wanting to come on again. Um, Happy to come on, mate. Happy and in, to come on. In the meantime, uh, all the best to you and uh, Mrs. Macker and your family. Uh, Nikki, same to you. Um, keep your chin up, sunshine, and we'll see you next Tuesday. And I didn't mean that as a euphemism. And and we still got Donk here? Yeah, Donk's yeah. still here, mate. And uh, things are just a little bit more willing than they were a few days ago up there, Donkey, in Northern Territory. Just uh, Yeah, just starting to, starting to tick up the cases. But so lucky for us, there's no community transmission yet. But, yeah. uh, but everything's basically shut down. So um, uh, if I'm, uh, I'll be on this week. Um, as long as my wife hasn't stabbed me in the next uh, over the next seven days. <laughs> oh well, in that case, it's been nice knowing you. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 
uh, and to um, Peter and his family, uh, all the very best. Um, Peter's wife is a teacher, of course, as he mentioned, and uh, I can't imagine how difficult that job is at the moment. So all the very best wow. to um, Mrs. Pete and all their family there as well. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll leave it there. Uh, so, sorry, Nick, you got a parting shot? No, I was just going to say, uh, well said, but I am part of a, another online community where we've got a particular channel where we're putting all the good things that are happening and from people who are in lockdown and things that are free. It's all been um, collated together. I'll ask permission if I can share that spreadsheet um, and I'll pop it um, somewhere um, well, up for people to see. If you, if you need a break and you need a bit of a smile or to get away from a few things, I found yeah. it to be really beneficial. So, well, well, I know one good thing. Like it, it, I thank my lucky stars that I'm not in the same chat group as Macca, to be honest, but... Uh, Pete I give you a hell mate (laughs) now look to everyone who's listening either live or on demand uh, thank you so much uh, for sticking around thank you so much for supporting us week in week out Uh, it's great to see people starting to embrace discord as I said hop on there anytime you like and uh, someone will be around it'll it'll ding us and we'll uh, come and say g'day Um, but uh, to all our patrons to all our past uh, sponsors um, you know, thank you so much, everyone. Please take care. I'm rambling on now, so I'm going to shut up, and uh, we'll see you <laughs> next week. Okay, not all, not all. See ya. <laughs>